Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. Hello and welcome to the Empire Builders podcast. And if you're wondering why that voice sounds much better looking than the usual one, you're right. It's not Nick. It is Adam Ashburn, Head of Marketing, joined by the one and only Jack Beluga Duggan, who is the Head of Sales here for us. And we thought today we would do a little bit of a podcast takeover and just have a little chat about sales and marketing and the relationships between those two sides of the business and uh, hopefully share some stuff with you that could can help your own sales team and your own marketing team or if you are the person that does sales and marketing by yourself give you some insights and some stuff there so jack say hello hello how are we um really excited for this in the first ever podcast and i have no idea what i'm getting myself into but here we are um and i'm sure there will be things in this that we're going to be talking about that can help people that's yeah. the idea anyway. That is the idea. And the truth is, I don't know what it's going to be about either. We're, going to, we're going to make it up on the hoof, be dynamic and daring. Um, you know, I think anyone that's worked in a sales team or in marketing, I think you've probably had the age old argument where the sales team go, you need to generate more leads. The leads are shit and, and, and. And then you've got the marketing team going, any chance you can convert a bit more of the leads that we're, we're creating for you. And so we constantly have this battle and this argument, which is a bit of fun sometimes. Sometimes it gets a bit, a bit gritty from Duggan. Um, and Shipman. Yeah. Adam, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and really, like, whilst there's a bit of a, you know, whilst there's always that little bit of fighting between the two departments, uh, it's, really important that sales and marketing have a super close relationship and uh, like one of the reasons that that's massively important is that as marketers we do our very best job to get the messaging right to try and engage with the people um that we're speaking to digitally most of what we're doing is digital at the front end and actually the conversations that the sales team are having with those people give you absolutely huge insights into what people are actually saying on the phone, what they're feeling, what struggles they're having. And so having that feedback loop from the sales team to marketing allows us to get better when it comes to the messaging and all that side of things. Um, so yeah, Jack, in for you, like when it comes to the relationship that we have, that the sales team and the marketing team have together, what, what pops into your mind? What pops into my mind is that um, I feel as far as sales and marketing go, overall, it's like the sun and the moon. Like, in it has to happen in everyday life um, for it to work, um, but they are complete opposites as well. Um, as far as ours go, I feel like we've got a good understanding. Um, could it be better? 100%. Um, what could be better? Yeah, good question. So what I feel like could be better is the communication between teams. What I feel is um, the biggest area of growth in any business, whether it's sales or marketing, uh, is communication and how clear and simple communication is. Um, we're driven uh, in our business by uh, serving people 
and uh, growing our business and developing people. And sometimes communication is not where it needs to be. And we miss things, both marketing and sales. And that's probably where our biggest downfall is. However, overall, because we've got such a great company that cares about people, that um, wants the best for everyone with our clients and our own uh, people, that we overall, I believe, do a really good job of, one, um, generating opportunities and, two, closing the opportunities we have got overall. Yeah, and I think like the communication thing, it's something that can always be better. I think that when you look at... Um, when you look at how the team operates, the amount, you know, we're 25, 26 people, something like that, you know, everyone's super focused on getting results, both for our company and then also working with the clients. And sometimes it's not, it's not a conscious thing, like the communication breaking down or not happening. It's just, it's just a case of the, um, you just get too busy and you just think, you just don't really prioritize that people need to know this, that, and the other. And I think it, that stems across probably most businesses. Yeah, I agree. And listen, the truth is this, if you're, um, if you've got a, a team, um, it doesn't matter how many people in your team, uh, you've got to look at the yourself first and then the leadership team or your directors in the team first, before you blame anyone else by where they don't understand anything because there's an old saying, or not an old saying, there's a saying what that our coach has, uh, Jeff Mask, that every problem is a leadership problem. So I will openly admit I'm improving on my communication uh, personally with the sales team because it isn't where it needs to be. And when I know the ball's been dropped from a sales point of view or the guys aren't clear, um, then I know that's my problem. It's not their problem. And that's the biggest thing I see, not just in sales, but um, across the board is the leader of a business or leader of a department um, puts the blame or looks at other people without looking at themselves first. Uh, Let's be honest, like we are very good in this company at taking responsibility. And the truth is out there in not even in business, yes, in business, but generally in life, like one of the, you know, the, the world would be a much better place if people just took full responsibility for the things that happen in their life. Do you imagine that? Well, <laughs> exactly. Like anything that happens, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's probably part of the human condition that the, the ego tries to protect you and then so forth. A situation occurs and instantly you're like, who can I blame? And ultimately, you know, Jeff, Jeff Mask, if you're listening, big up. Um, we'll try and swear as much as possible and come out with some new sayings for you. Um, you know, every problem being a leadership problem doesn't just span in business. And it doesn't just mean if you see yourself as a leader in business. I think if anything happens at home with your family, with your loved ones, with your friends, like if you just went, hey, how have I helped um, create this situation? I think the world would be a much better place, full stop. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and um, if anybody, everybody increased that love and um, taking responsibility by one percent, 
just one percent um the world would be a much better place and i feel like because this is sales and marketing specifically um i want to talk about specifically sales uh, from my perspective sure. of what i actually see um across a lot of businesses i speak to um about what is not right or wrong but what's good and what i feel people and businesses can improve on and the biggest and number one there's two actually two things in particular that sales teams and business owners um need to work on and improve on number one sales teams are i'm going to say this how it is very lazy across the globe they're very very lazy now there is that argument going back to what i'd said about we need to generate you need to generate more leads and they're going you need to close the leads you generated um Globally, sales teams rely too much on marketing, and that is it. And they don't follow up with people. They don't utilize what they've got already. And um, they are what I call seven out of 10 salespeople. And they don't put in the work that's required to, um, to make revenue, to make tickets, sales in our case, or orders if you're a non-expert business. Um, that's the truth. Um, we've touched on it before, actually, we have. where we've said like the the sales team uh, and sales teams that we've worked with and we've consulted with and stuff like that are like the sea lions at SeaWorld. They're basically waiting to be thrown the fish. And if they're not throwing the, fridge, the fish, they're just going... Where's the guy with the bucket, man? For fuck's sake, I'm hungry. Yeah. And 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 the marketing team are the guys with the bucket, and and it's like going, well, if you're in the wild, you're going to die if you're waiting for a man with a bucket. Yeah. So I guess that's it is, it is. And I always put it in the position whenever I hear a salesperson um, say these kind of things. It's kind of a red flag for me that one, um, you're expecting too much, and it's you are a lazy salesperson because if you had your own business and this was your business that you're running, um, as a salesperson or a sales director that's running a team, would you stand for this? Would you put in that effort? Or would you go, no, I need to find a way? And not enough salespeople do that. They don't find a way. And if they try and do it, they do it in the wrong energy. And it's very pushy and persuasive because all they're thinking about is getting the sale in. Now, that's the number point number one. The point number two is... Hang on, before you jump onto that, I guess, um, just to interrupt, it's almost... Like when you're talking about a sales team, like when that's your, when you're a salesperson and that's your job, that's like unforgivable, really. There's no real excuse because that's what you're paid to do. I guess there's, you know, there'll be a lot of people listening to this that are experts and they run their own businesses that actually are the salesperson, the marketer, the finance. They do it all themselves. And it's probably less about a laziness from that person's perspective and more about like, I don't actually know what to do. I'm scared of it. Like, you know, I've worked with Nick for 11 years. I was his first person to do phone sales and I hated it, man. I'd do anything to avoid getting on the phone mm. and I'm not lazy. I am lazy, but not in the work environment. No. I like to just sit around at home in my pants um, and do nothing. Can you imagine that, that kind of lazy. Um, but, you know, there's a different a different thing at play there for like your solo entrepreneurs or business owners that they're responsible for the sale. It's more of yes. a, I guess it's more of a fear or a structure. What do you see? Oh, I know I've interrupted your two no. points, but what would you see from less from a sales team perspective, but more from a individual that's responsible for sales, but wouldn't class themselves as a yeah, sales Yeah, it's a good, good point. Um, it's on that point would be their structure of their, 
diary, uh, the structure of what is required in order to be successful in the sales part of their business. Um, and what about if they're scared? They don't want to put the structure in so, it, they don't want yeah, to do it. I mean, it's a good point that that comes from down from one, as you said, fear. And when people have got fear, by the way, to be clear, um, I head up now a, well, we're on target to do five and a half million quid this year. And I head up the sales of that. I haven't always been like that. In my previous job in 2017, um, I was just a standard £20,000 a year salesperson. And now you get that a week. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not Adam. Um, but um, £20,000 a year with a couple of grand commission in 2017. And I was fearful. I'll give it a go. I'll always give it everything go, but I was very fearful. I didn't know what to do. I had no structure, I had no process. I used to wing everything I did. Um, and whether you're a salesperson or a business owner doing sales, I know a lot of people in both those roles that feel like that. Now, here's the truth, and here's, here's what I believe is what's needed to increase that, because when I joined this company in 2018, 2019, um, the number one thing that was missing was uh, training, um, and it was um, training for you to be specific. Training for me yeah. to be uh, specific, and what that did for me when understanding training sales done properly. A uh, big shout out to Matt Elwell, uh, Elite Closing Academy, because this is where I've learned it from, and this is what we train our salespeople on. Um, I went from a twenty thousand pound a year salesperson. So in 2022, uh, I did 102,000 pounds in sales. So that isn't me being arrogant, by the way, just to be really clear. That's, I'm telling you, that's the biggest thing that's needed to overcome fear because- To be clear, sorry to interrupt, but you did, you didn't do 102,000 pounds in sales. You did the best part of seven figures in sales, what you're saying is- Sorry, I do, to be yeah. clear, 102,000 pounds in my income. So well over, um, seven figures, multi seven figures in sales. Uh, I was I was part of, um, and the number one thing that was that was missing was a structure, a framework to follow in sales. What I see in business owners specifically is they do everything. They have a marketing strategy. They have um, an onboarding strategy. They have strategies for everything. They do not have a strategy when it comes to sales. Uh, and closing business. Why do you think that is? Um, because it's fear. It's massive fear. I mean, Over, the, by the way, I am generalising here, and I feel like we've got to generalise. You've got to generalise. There's always exceptions to every rule. And like from someone that's responsible for marketing that business as well, like sales is just a dirty word. People, not everyone. There's a lot of people out there that you put, you mention the word sales, and they just move away from it. Well. It, Here's the reason why is because they've probably had a bad experience from uh, a really poor sales experience when they bought something. Yeah, when they've um, been sold too. And by the way, I used to be that person. Yeah. Uh, um, when I joined this company, I'm sure I've got things wrong and I still, I'm sure I will get things wrong. Of course. But overall, um, that's what I hear the most. I've had a bad sales experience. I mean, if you're listening to this, uh, recall, I bet you can all recall a sales experience in your life where you would, you can just remember it just like that straight away. It comes to your mind and go, yeah, that wasn't great. Um, but like, imagine that across the globe. That's why sales has got a, a bad name and um, people uh, and businesses and salespeople, they feel that all the work should be done um, through marketing as well, like doing it all online because they're very fearful. 
of picking up a phone and, or and having a Zoom. Here's the problem you've got now as well. Like what I'm seeing in marketing now is the converting online, making online sales, getting online conversions is getting harder and harder and harder and harder. And actually what people need and want in this day and age is actual communication. They want a conversation with someone voice to voice, not hiding behind a sales page or an email or something like that. It is everyone is almost because because we're so stifled by the online virtual world we live in, the sales in that media have definitely dropped massively because we're so so almost blind to it now. Mm-hmm. All of the little persuasion tactics and all that sort of stuff that used to work, you know, you know, five to ten years ago just don't work anymore. And what we're doing more of now is using our marketing platform to drive people to having conversations with us. And I suppose as you look to the future and and the trends of marketing, that's where I see it going more, where the job of the marketer isn't necessarily to, to make the online sale, albeit it will in some cases, but it's like, how can I engage with this prospect enough to get them interested enough to pick up the phone or to book a call with someone, which is where it hands perfectly over to what you're saying, Jack, is like, if you are fearful of that, then you're going to move away from that. And unfortunately, if you just focus all your efforts online, you're going to like basically have a lot less volume of sales. Like 10 years ago, or less than that, seven years ago, five years ago, 100% of your sales done online was enough to meet your targets and quotas for the month, for the quarter, for the year. 100% of sales online now barely gets you through a month because you need to be having those interactions, that voice-to-voice communication and conversation. Yeah. Hey, real quick, if you've been listening to the Empire Builders podcast for any length of time, you'll know that I do not run ads on this podcast. And what you should also know about me is that I only partner with companies who I absolutely 100% believe in. And so I'm making an exception because of my partnership and my loyalty to Keep. So since 2010, I've been using Keep, which was previously known as Infusionsoft, to automate all the sales and marketing in my business, deliver world-class experience to my clients, run e-commerce reports, manage affiliates, partners, and loads more. I really believe that Keep is the best CRM on the planet for small businesses, for entrepreneurs that are building their empire. Many of my guests on this podcast use it, and pretty much all of my closest friends in the industry also use it. That should speak volumes. So uh, Infusionsoft recently rebranded to keep K-E-A-P and what they've also done is brilliantly made it even more affordable, even more usable for businesses that are at different stages of their journey. So go and get a free demo. All you need to do is go to keep.com, that's K-E-A-P, keep.com forward slash empire builders. And by using that link, I've negotiated the best possible deal for Empire Builders subscribers. So go to keep.com forward slash Empire Builders. You get a free demo, and when you go through that unique link, it means you'll get the best possible deal because you're a subscriber to this podcast. So let's get back to the show. I feel that it's got even worse um, when it comes to online sales and 
sales in general, they have got a lot harder since um, COVID has all happened. When does that finish? When does that start? I don't know. But like when we've all went into lockdown. Don't start me out. On exactly. That. No, We're not doing the COVID out. thing. But uh, anyway, um, what I saw and what I think it's fair to say, a lot of businesses, a lot of people, um, I'm talking specifically about entrepreneurs here, created a lot of online things and platforms and things you could buy. Yeah. Um, and there was some great stuff out there. There's no doubt there is. And there was also some really, really poor stuff that was out there that people invested in. And like anyone would be, if you're going to invest again in anything, you're going to be fearful. And I feel like a lot of people have done that. And what COVID has done has put us into this bubble, in my opinion, where overall um, people are hiding behind, as you said, the laptop. They're hiding behind um, making online sales, but people aren't buying as much as what they were. Mm. I'm not saying they're not buying because there are businesses out there that do really well online. I'm talking, again, generalising that, as you said, it's a lot less on, on, on over... Um, online. Here's and, a great example of that. Is just before that, the thing is what people need. Um, they, people, the reason people buy is one word, it's trust. Yes. They trust that what you're selling and what you're offering is going to be He's going to get them the result they're looking for. And as you said, more and more, people need to have human-to-human um, conversations so they can hear you, your tonality. Your tonality, your voice was given to you for others. It wasn't given for you. It was given for you for others to listen to you so they can trust you, so they can believe that what you're selling, what you're offering is truly the result they're looking for. Yeah, and that that's really valuable. And the the um, the example that I had is not sales related at all, but it's more about the um, what we're saying around the importance of having an actual conversation and speaking to people. My nephew, who I don't see very often, lives in Dorset, um, messaged me a couple, few weeks ago. Just sent me a text message, basically asking me to pay for his gym membership. And I read it, and I was just like, Meh, no. Um, and I just, I just had no emotional attachment to it whatsoever. Like, and he's not going to write a huge text, you know, like, you know, telling me all the reasons why he should and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, call me. And like, I had a conversation with him. Then I could ask him some questions. He could tell me what it was all about and what the reasons were and that. And I, and of course I did it. But the fact that it was just like a text message just didn't have the same impact. And that's what people are hiding behind with their sales. Cool. They are, 100%. It's a great, it's actually a great example because, by the way, that's a family member. It's right? it, and the trust is and there. And the family have done, but the trust there and still you were in that mindset going, well, just call me, like, give me a call. Yeah. So imagine when you're on a sales call or sales conversation that's pretty cold, um, there are, when they answer the phone and you're not a friend, you're not a family member, they don't have a clue who you are. So they're How do you counteract that? Because that's going to be a lot of fear for people. Yeah, like, great, great, great question. So um, the, the, the reason, what you've got to remember as a salesperson or if you're in a business and you're doing sales yourself is you've got to grab their attention within four seconds. Now, I'm not going to go through the science of this, okay, uh, behind why you've got to grab their attention within four seconds. But because they don't know your family member, they're not a family member, they're going, what the hell are you calling me for? That's yeah. what's going on in the subconscious. What the hell are you calling for? But yeah. why are you giving me a call? So you've got to grab their attention. Now, what salespeople do, when people or business owners, what they do, that when they get on the phone, they try and build 
rapport. And their rapport is, how are you? How's the dog? How's the weather? That is not going to grab their attention. That is salesy. And it sounds salesy. What you've got to do, and my biggest advice that I can give on this podcast is, when you give someone a call, you've got to have one clear reason for that call. Um, when you have one clear reason for the call, people automatically go, I know why you're giving me a call. Give me an example. I'll give you an example. Okay, so um, let's just say we have a database of people, a community of people. They haven't, been, they haven't been touched or anything or rang. I will ring one completely out of the blue and I will go, um, I will first of all qualify. We're going to do a little bit of a role play. Should we do a little bit of a role yeah, play? Yeah, Right, great. This is Adam. He's on our database, the community. Um, I'm just going to roll with it here. Um, so it'd be something like ring, ring. Hello. Hello, is it Adam? It is. Adam, it's Jack. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have picked up the phone. Oh, great. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Uh, well, firstly, I want to say thank you that you did pick up the phone. Uh, the purpose of the call is you're in our community and we haven't spoken to you or reached out to you for a while. So reason for this is to get an understanding to see how we can help you close more sales. Let me ask you a question. What's going really well for you at the minute? Right. That's, that is an example of grabbing someone's attention straight away um, and- And asking a great question. And asking a great question that starts on a positive. Now, I'm sure you probably wanna have a little bit of a breakdown of that, but that's an example of when someone is in fear, of picking up a phone doesn't matter what role you're in okay um if you've not got the training available my biggest advice as i said is get training that's the number one thing but if you haven't got training available is have one reason for you giving a call to someone they will love you for it absolutely yeah because like that experience is not like any sales call i ever get and you know that we all get loads of sales calls and it, it never feels like that. I mean, probably how many sales calls, like, I'm sure you've been in loads of funnels, aren't you? <laughs> With yeah, and, and, and like, you know, I'm, I'm probably like a lot of people that I actively avoid answering my phone. Um, it does with me. Yeah, yeah, um, especially Jack. Um, but yeah, I actively avoid answering my phone because I'm like concerned that I'm going to pick it up and then I'm just going to get like the hair dry treatment down the phone. How does it go up? Give us an example of like what a, what a bad sales experience looks like. And you can make it up. Yeah, it's like, it's like, um, I tell you what, this, this, I tell you, this isn't a phone call that had a bad sales experience. But when you said, can you think of, or I bet you can think of a sales experience. I could think of one. It wasn't on the phone. Um, and I was in DFS buying a new sofa with, with, with the missus, um, with Angela. And, we, I went and sat on a sofa and I was like, uh, and I sat there and I was like, oh, this is firm. And then a sales guy just appeared out of nowhere, out of a fucking, <laughs> lamp, like a lampshade or something. And, uh, and, uh, and he was like, oh, he was like, I tell you what, go over there. That's where all the soft sofas are. Come on, I'll take you over there. And I was like, actually, I, I actually want a really firm sofa. That's what I went in for. Got a bit of a bad back. And I wanted a firm sofa. And I said to Ange, oh, this is a bit firm. And he straight away assumed, I know you talk a lot about assumption, presumption. Um, and there's no cameras to see what we were doing there. Um, and he straight away jumped on the fact that I said firm, therefore I must want soft. And that was completely the opposite of what, and instantly when he said that, I'm out. And he was like, oh, and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I want a firm sofa. Oh, well, let me tell you about this. I'm just like, nah, I'm not, mate. 
I don't want you to tell me about all this stuff. All you had to do was ask me a good question. It's just, it's painful uh, because the telling you stuff that that's the experience of bad sales is people just getting on the phone and then starting to tell you that's things. It, that's it. Yeah. And, um, what I would say with, with sales, when people are doing these sales, these aren't bad people. These are, I'm sure he's a lovely person. Like a load of people are, they are absolutely lovely people. No training though. That's the trouble. Like, I see it all the time. You walk into, I know I walked into, well, I walked into uh, the BMW garage, right? I have walked, just put, put this in your in your mind, right? I have drove four miles to go and get a new car and walk into a BMW car showroom, right? I've walked in there, so there's a good, I'd say, good chance that I'm looking to buy a BMW car, okay? <laughs> so I walk in, first of, first of all, I don't get seen for about five minutes, okay? Um, and I'm going, okay, where is everyone? And when they do come to you, they go, hey, can I help you? And I'm going, well, like, no disrespect, but I didn't say this, but I'm going, well, it'd be great if you can help me um, because I'm actually looking to buy a car. Um, and they go, right, so, um, well, we've got loads of cars over here, 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 here. And I'm going, you haven't, like, like you just said, not once did he ask me about what am I looking for in a car. They go, what would be a good opening to a car showroom while you walk in? Hello, Adam, lovely to meet you. Um, you've obviously come to BMW to have a look at a car or potentially buy one. Let me ask you a question. Um, what is it that you're looking for? What about that? Yeah. What's the, or once you give me, give me an example. I go, oh, I'm looking for a, an X5. Lovely. What else? Um, well, as in, I want it to be like, Right. So just so really clear, just an X5, perfect. So give me a couple of absolute like musts first that make you go, yes, that's that's what I'm looking for. What is it? Um, automatic has to be, which I don't know if they all are, but yeah. By the way, he doesn't have to answer. Like you can see where we're going with this. He's just giving me information. All the salespeople do is they go, can I help you? Well, that'd be great. Like, because I've actually walked into a showroom about cars. That'd be helpful. Yes. Um, and... Um, all they talk about is money, money, 90. And this is where with what's going on out there at this moment in time, when it comes to sales, um, people, businesses, salespeople making it all about the money more than ever because of it's tough times. And I'm not saying it's not tough times. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy times at the minute, but if you're in the mindset and the belief that, everything's about money and no one's buying and people in my industry aren't buying. I mean, when you say people in the industry, like how big is your industry? How many people are in there? Because you don't know, you're just presuming. Um, but when they make it all about money, you're going to be losing because there's like, ask yourself the question I'm asking you, Ad, like how many times have you bought something where it was above budget, but it was exactly what you wanted and what you needed? Yeah, a lot. And and you're right, especially because I've been to car dealers and stuff like that. And they do straight away ask you like what your budget is. And also they just sit there and wait for you to speak to them as well. Like if someone went great, you know, <coughs> yeah, I want to buy an X5. What's the reason for that? Well, I've got a family. Oh, cool. And, and you know, and all that sort of stuff, the money becomes so much less important because they're understanding what your needs are, what you want and what you need. But they start off with the either not saying anything or a shit question like, how are you doing? Can I help you? It's like, yeah, actually, the 
the house is a mess. Can you go and clean it? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, uh, and you see it everywhere. Like no matter where you go, you just ask terrible questions. And I think you know, again, shout out to Matt Elwell and the Elite Closing Academy. One of the things, uh, one of the easiest things that he teaches um, that everyone can adopt right away is the five W's and a H. Only ask questions that either start with these specific ones, five W's or an H, and it's who, what, where, which, when, and how. Now, if you start questions with with one of those words, you you get people, you have to think, the person has to think before they answer, rather than it just being a no, like, and, and that's a massive, a massive thing for sales. Yep. Like, I was, we went to New York, didn't we, in 2019? I'm actually going tomorrow as well. Oh, yeah. a bit of a coincidence, but yes. In jet setter, we actually went there for work, and I went there. It full disclosure as a bit of a jolly, and then got roped into. That's Adam's work, by the way. Three six fives. Of yeah. what? Just a jolly. Oh, that's what I do all the time. Yeah. Um, and and um, like I got roped into actually doing the sales. We were over there. We were hired by a company over in America to to run their sales at a big event that they had on, and <clears throat> I ended up, or well, we all ended up. So we got there the day before the event. It was all very last minute arrangements, all that sort of stuff. And we were selling their products and they had a $30,000 product. And when we asked for information on it, it was bare at the most. And so we were put in to sell a product that we didn't really know. And then you've got me there who's not even an actual salesperson, albeit I've done all of the training and, and learned a lot about it, especially with the marketing side of things so that I can write and the team can write about it. And I was put into this position where suddenly I'm now needing to sell this $30,000 product that I don't know anything about. And all I did was asked questions, five W's and a H. I just kept on asking questions and then asking questions based on their answer to fully understand. And then I actually did make a sale of 30 grand, which I was really, really happy about. But there's no way I could have done that without some form of training and especially just understanding and learning how to ask quality questions. Cause you, you, I suppose one of the misconceptions are, is, and also one of the things that you get a lot of when you're being sold to is people just hammering you with features and benefits. And the feeling is that, Oh, I've got to have full product knowledge and everyone as the consumer needs to know that, but that's not yeah. true. Is it? It's not true. It's not true at all. The world of, Features, advantages and benefit sales or fabs as it's called is, is longer. It's longer. And, um, we have a rule in our framework and our training that as a, if you're selling, um, if you're talking for longer than 10 seconds, their brain, the person you're speaking to is switching off. Their brain's going to mush. Now they're not going to say this to you and they'll go, yeah, that sounds really great. That sounds good. And like they'll give you that kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, it'll go, that sounds great, but I just need to go and have a think about it. That sounds great. It is a little bit out of the price uh, budget. That sounds great, but, you know, I've got other things that I need to consider. So, like, if you ever feel like when you're in a sales conversation that you're speaking for longer than 10 seconds, as I'd said, ask a question. That's the most important thing. Um, I actually didn't get on to my second point. I, know, I was going to actually say that. <laughs> and, and, and just on the, on the talking, like, I think... We've all experienced being on the other end of a salesperson that just won't fucking shut up, man. And it is 
horrific. You just want to get away from it. And the one thing that I hear and see walking around the office, seeing you and the team, what they like, the amount of speaking they do, you'd be absolutely gobsmacked at how little it is on the phone. <laughs> and, and, and like, you probably, you know, there's trainings and stuff out there. It's like, you've got to do this and got to do that. And you've got to be speaking, got to have the gift of the gab. You've got to dominate the conversation and all that. Like, that's, it's um, bollocks, man. That's like, well, that's, in, you, you know, know it, stuff. it works for some people. And, you know, as I said, there are, uh, you know, we, I can't think we could sit here and go, it doesn't work for everyone because people are still getting sales. In my opinion, there's no right and wrong way um, of, of doing things. I, I do believe there's a good and a, and a bad way of doing things. And um, the bad way is what you just said about the, the examples of dominating. You've got to talk over it. Well, you get the buyer's remorse then as well. Exactly. Much more. You, don't hear, that, like, that road, you, you don't hear that, do you? Like everybody talks about, yeah, I've made this many sales, I've made this much cash. But they never tell you when the person wants a refund. It's like yeah. betting when people bet. They only tell you about the wins. Yeah, yeah. They never tell you about the losses, do they? Like until things go wrong. Um, so it's it's a, it's a great point. Um, yeah. So your second point. Sorry, we went off on a oh, yeah. large tangent then. Um, second point. Nearly forgot it myself. Um, second point is when it doesn't matter if you're a sales per, uh, salesperson. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a business owner. This can apply to anyone that's doing sales calls or zooms or meetings. You've got to be really, really clear on what success looks like. Really clear on numbers. We've been having a conversation recently between marketing and sales that it is, without a shadow of a doubt, much easier to get clear on what numbers and success looks like in sales. It's kind of really black and white of what success looks like. In marketing, not so much. You might want to go on to that shortly. But the second point is your... um, if you've got a sales team, your sales team needs to be clear on what success looks like, what the numbers look like. Too many times I see it in sales teams where I go, well, what's your, what, what, is, what does success look like? Oh, it's like two and a half grand a month. Okay, what does that look like on a weekly basis? What does that look like on a daily basis? Because it's all good in having the vision, but if you haven't got the tactics to do so, then how are you supposed to be successful? You've got to be really clear on what that looks like. And how do you do that in your team? Good question. So I have individual one-to-ones with my team. Um, I have a them with numbers individually. Uh, it needs to be more. Uh, I open admit that. I was doing it once every couple of weeks. It's going to be once a week now where we get clear on what numbers are you producing, um, how many have we got lined up, um, and how on track are you for your purpose, your mission for having the best year yet in 2023? And you mean a personal, their personal? personal yeah, so I, I sat down, if I give you an example, I sat down with every single one of my sales team and gone, right, what does amazing look like in 2023 for you personally, business, everything? And every single one of them, which is great to see, are attached to what they want to do in work. And it was a revenue income, which I'm buzzing about because if you're in sales as in they want to make X amount in the year we get commission and stuff yeah so it income for them Um, if you're in sales by the way I'm a little bit off off track if you're in sales or uh, you're doing a business specifically sales and you're not interested by income you've got a problem by cash you have got a problem Um, because you're not driven like sales is not easy you can make it as easy as hard as you want why would you want to call 100 people a day? Mm. Why would you want to do that? Are you telling me like you want to speak to like 30 people and have good, some bad experiences? 
you don't, you dream by money. And oftentimes you can actually earn more money when you're on a much lower base if you've got that drive than if you're in a job that's on say 50 grand base and it doesn't really give you the drive, you might make, you know, 60, 65, but when you're on a lower base and you've got that hunger and desire, then you can earn big money. And that's why point number one and two go, into, go hand in hand because um, lazy salespeople, mm. it's lazy salespeople. They're happy on 50 grand a year, pulling a couple of deals here and there that are order takers, really. Um, and it's not good for the business either. It's not. It's not. It's hard to, oh, you know, the, the bigger businesses, how much money they're losing out on. But like, I could, going back to the point is, I've sat down with them once one. All of them have, have gone, this is what I want to generate for uh my income this year um but that's all good and well how are you going to do that mm. that's what you want to do but how are you going to do it if it's all good and well but yeah i want to do 150 grand 200 well let's have a look at what month on month looks like let's have a look what week on week looks like let's have a look what day on day looks like and you have to get that granular because you, the clearer you are the communication the clearer you are the simpler it is for someone and it's their idea that they're coming up with not yours their idea the more you can empower them, the more you can go, hey, the start of the year in January, this is where you're at. This is what you wanted. Let's have a look what's going on. And you can see where you can help and improve and train them as well. So the two points are, one, um, people um, who are entrepreneurs or business owners or salespeople who are too much on marketing strategies and techniques, which you said is not what it used to be. Um, and training is the, the number one thing. 100%. And number two is being really clear on what success looks like, um, probably across all departments in business, but specifically sales, because it can get a little bit monotonous. There's no doubt about it, it can. Um, so you've got to be clear on what that looks like and put it over to the salespeople as well, or you come up with yourself and you've got to be disciplined around making that happen. Yeah, and I think something that we do as an organisation as well is the metrics we're very... Um, we're very strict with how we operate the business week to week and there are metrics meetings there are metrics meetings every week where everyone reports three numbers and the sales team will do it, marketing team will do it etc etc so yeah cheers Jack that's useful and I think like you, you, you have got the, the two different dynamics, you've got the professional in inverted commas salesperson. And then you've got who a lot of our audience might be the secondary, which is the business people or entrepreneurs that are responsible for sales. And I think the, the overarching message that I think you've shared that I've taken from it is that like if someone forget the sales team for a minute, because they might just be lazy or whatever. Um, if people like your business owners, entrepreneurs and stuff are not moving towards actually having conversations and pick up the phone, it's probably just from a place of fear, which is caused from, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I don't really want to sound like that dickhead at DFS. <laughs> Who isn't a dickhead either. He's no. a lovely guy. But exactly. he comes across as a dickhead. Yeah. As soon as you make... And what, what also as well, I forgot to mention, what, what businesses are doing now um, is... They aren't calling themselves salespeople or sales executives. They're trying to call themselves like business development managers, business development executives, business something, something. And I call them out on it. I go, so you mean sales? And they go, well, yeah, maybe, yeah, possibly. They go, yeah, so you mean sales? They go, yeah, I mean sales. I go, great. So like they're trying to mask it as well. 
Number one rule in sales, you've got to be honest. Is this a sales call? Yes, it is a sales call. Mm. Thank you. They will love you for it. If you try and wool it over and you try and be um, sleazy about it, like, what are you doing? Mm. You don't do this to your mates in the pub. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you've got to, you've got to be in sales, transparent, honest, and because people sniff it out. They sniff it out because they've been done over before and they get dickheads in DFS and BMW that just don't know how to do it professionally or properly. Yeah, and it's a, and, 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 and that's a lack of training, which is like the same with, and it, it, it might not even be a, a lack of desire. I mean, it might not be a lack of training because they just haven't bothered. And especially with the entrepreneurs and business owners, it's probably like because of that ill feeling of sales, it's like, I don't really want to do sales. I don't want to get training. And that's why they rely on marketing. Yeah, and the problem with that is that if you're in that mindset of sales is dirty and you own stroke run a business and you haven't got a sales team, then you're going to struggle because it's getting harder and harder to convert online. And not only is it harder in terms of, <coughs> excuse me, in terms of um, the, the, the volume and the amount of work that needs to be done to get the result, it's more expensive. Like ad costs now are, you know, they, they're significantly up on what they used to be. Um, conversion rates are, as we've discussed, they're, they're getting more and more challenging. Mm-hmm. So you return on ad spend if you're solely relying online is, you know, I look at people's marketing campaigns and I look at the, um, I look at how much money they spent and how much they've got out. And it's like, well, this doesn't make sense to continue because you're going to go broke, but they're solely relying on everything being online. And like, you know, we'll do a campaign or whatever. And, you know, like depending on what it is, it, it changes. Um, but like we'll get 80, 85, sometimes 90% of our sales in the follow-up on the phone. They don't buy online. And if we only stuck with the online stuff, then, you know, we can have a big problem. I, I generally, I know we are great at marketing and we've got the things we've done in you marketing. You weren't saying that yesterday, mate. Fucking hell. No, overall. I mean, <laughs> going through a bit of a, a blip at the minute, but overall we, we are good at marketing. Um and the numbers we can produce. I mean, look what we did at Expert Empires with Stephen Bartlett. That just proves like the strategy we got and everything we did was was absolutely bang on. We sold out. Um, but I do get worried for people that don't pick up a phone. Mm-hmm. I get worried for people that don't know how to follow up with people. Um, and I get worried for people that just really, truly believe that they can make all their sales online. And they might not even believe so. that. They just like don't want to do the picking up the phone. And they're, they're willing to run the risk of this business might not work, but on that, I, I just don't want to pick up the phone. I honestly. And I get, and I get the fear that like, if you're scared of something, it's, it's crippling, isn't it? Well, put it this way, um, and this is probably a little boost for salespeople out there. Um, other than the CEO of a business, the biggest owner in a company is a salesperson. Yeah. Fact. Yeah. Like, that's that's the truth because of what we said earlier about it's massively commission based correct and what does a salesperson do most of the time or should do most of the time good ones I'm talking about proper ones um, is they get on the phone they meet people they speak to people they connect with people um, and they don't just hide behind a laptop they pick up the phone um, other than you and yourself um, the the number one weapon uh, the nice weapon, I mean, it sounds really bad though, is the number one weapon you've got in your... Like uh, a feather duster. There you go. 
It does the job, doesn't it? Um, the number one thing you've got that's that's just not utilised is the phone. Yeah. Your phone, and Matt uses this quite often, your phone is not just a phone, it's a computer phone. You can do voice messages, you can do video messages, you can ring people. Like, you've got all the tools that you need on there. You could set up your business with just your phone, and that's fact. And if you have a look at, as I said, the most successful people in business, the most successful people that are entrepreneurs, uh, the ones that are earning the most cash are either people um, that are doing, that have been very good at sales now, doing their own, like the CEO work as such, such as Nick, um, or they are salespeople that are absolutely knocking it out of the park and they're consistently doing it. Fact, period. Um, and I could probably prove that with global data, not just with the data that we've got in this business and other businesses that like ours. Yeah, and I think that um, like there's a couple of things that, in my experience of working with so many businesses over the years, um, I think Nick was asked this question at Expert Empires, what's the number one skill or the number one thing that um, he believes is responsible for success in business owners and his thing was their ability to manage their emotional and mental state which is true and uh, very very close behind that is the ability to be able to sell yes because you can get away with everything else to an extent to a certain point but if you've got a way if you can get money coming in then that gives you the luxury of options like if you're not very good at marketing when you've got sales coming in, you can afford to invest in agencies or getting someone on board or something like that. Yeah. And so I think it's it's probably the number one most avoided thing from a lot of business owners, yet probably the most important outside of being able to manage your emotional and mental state. The number one th- person that you've got to close in business is yourself. What products. do you mean by that? Um, what I mean by closing, I mean the person... No, by, by, what do you mean by closing myself? So um, what I mean by that is your product, your service. Um, your product, your service is um, you're trying to sell it to other people. You're trying to get it to other people. You're trying to get it in the hands of other people, whether it's a service or a product. Um, and that's all good and well. But if you don't truly have certainty or you really can't answer your own questions about yourself, you want to put yourself in, if I'm selling this, Jack Duggan here, I'm selling, I want, and I'm selling it to Jack Duggan, like, am I going to convince him that this is the right thing for him? When I say convince, like, does he believe that he can really get the result he's looking for? Yes, yeah, so it's absolute belief that what you're offering can get the person the result. And when I ask questions around this, when people come to our trainings, they go, and I ask them questions around this specific topic, they can't answer it. Mm. They can't answer it. They go off on a tangent. And that's when I know, that's when they've got a problem about sales and clothes. I could automatically sniff it out and then ask a few more questions and understand. So just wanted to add that in. If you're not certain on your own service and products, and I mean like 10 out of 10, I'm not talking 8 out of 10, I'm talking 10 out of 10. If you're not that, then how do you think your people that are speaking to you or seeing you online, how do you think that's going to come across? Yeah, because if you're like a seven or an eight, they're probably like a four. And, mm. and people aren't going to buy if they're, if they're like that. So, I mean, we've spoken <coughs> more than planned about sales. <laughs> no, yeah, everyone in marketing, really. Uh, and, <laughs> but the, the, the truth is, though, like we've run out of time now, but the truth is, that everyone wants the marketing side of things. Nobody wants the sales. And and the fact of the matter is that 
the marketing and the want to do and be better at marketing, in my opinion, is to hide away from sales. Like, is marketing important? Massively, hugely. And like, you have to get it right to an extent. But if you've got the ability to do some of the stuff that Jack's been saying, then marketing becomes less important because you've got people in your current network and stuff like that that you could reach out to. If you just flicked through your phone now and went, right, I'm going to make, make a list of people that aren't currently working with you and could get a result from what you offer, you'll get much more traction in picking up the phone to those people than you would building a new marketing campaign, testing a load of traffic, running ads, like optimizing. All that sort of stuff takes a lot of time, effort, energy, and money and doesn't guarantee the result. And so that's why I think people want marketing so much is because they're probably just hiding away from having to do what feels like a horrible thing to do, which is sales, but it feels horrible to them because of their experience. And they probably don't want to come across as that. And yeah, so, getting, you know, I think the things that you've shared, whether that's getting some training, whether that's um, doing some online learning or something like that, but whatever you need to do to build the confidence in 2023 to start picking up the phone will have a dramatic increase in your sales and your business rather than just hiding behind digital marketing and all that stuff. So I haven't spoken about much marketing, but we haven't got time for it now anyway. But I do think that what you shared is much more important than the marketing thing because you could be an absolute G at marketing and the way that the world is set out at the moment, you are still probably not going to get the results from online sales that we all used to get and want to get. You're going to have to fall back and rely on some element of sales. There's no, there's no such sorry to interrupt. It's not a probably. They might do it online. They might hit the targets. Um, but believe me, right? If you're hitting targets online, but you're not having a following up, I am telling you, you are missing out on an absolute fortune. Um, you really are across the course of the year, and also people that are waiting for a human to human conversation so that you can serve them, like you. And you might not want to do that. I'm just letting you know that stats and data suggest that you will be missing out on cash that's left on the table and people in pain that you can solve with your products or service. Yeah, and like we, you know, we invest a lot of money into marketing. If we didn't follow up, and I'm not talking about email follow up and campaigns. Yes, we do that. But if we didn't follow up on the phone, our sales would be 60, 70% less than what they are, in which case the team would have to be much smaller because we couldn't support 25, 26 people and then you're stifling your growth. So I think that's a really good point that even if you're doing okay, it could be a hell of a lot better with not much additional work. So I think that's it for today. And um, we'll have to come back on and do a more of a marketing focused one. Although to be fair, a few, quite a few episodes ago, I don't know how long ago, I did do one with Nick. Um, but yeah, thanks, Jack. That was no, thank you. Really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, the truth is, this is the first time we've done this, and I've got no idea how to close this off now. No. I just don't know what to say. I think it's a just a thank you so much. Enjoy. There's a couple of tips in there uh, that you can go and try instantly. Um, and yet, ninety percent of it was about sales, but. Give it a go, um, and I hope you've enjoyed it, and and connect with us on uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever, Facebook, and 
ask us questions if you've got anything. So we'll put it out and enjoy. Yeah, and I think you, you just said a great word. And it's, you know, Nick saying the more you connect, the more you collect. Connect in 2023 by picking up the phone, man, and you will collect. Good to see you, hear you, sort of. See you later. Miss you. See you later. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember, till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.